0: The following is a paid presentation. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the staff and management of Shiawassee Radio.
1: Tonight,
0: I just need the vent.
1: You know, it's so weird. I see so many prosecutors that prosecute kids without evidence. They want to throw people in prison for life and put them on the sex registry and don't give a shit about polygraphs. And we don't care if some douchebag files for millions of dollars with a companion criminal case. We don't give a shit about that in our quest to do what you think is right. And if we gotta cut corners, so be it. And I'm so amazed right now. We all know <laughs> we know where I stand the Bobby Riot's issue. And Bobby's tragic anniversary is coming up. And I gotta wonder. I got a question for so many people in Washington County, and I've said this, I've said this so many times, I cannot carry a child. So because I cannot carry a child, I do not have the right to decide what a woman's choice is. Pro-life, pro-choice, it's not my call because I'm a man. I can't make that decision. But I sure as hell can say this, If we want to protect a woman's right to choose when she's pregnant, how the hell can we not protect her right to choose when her child is fighting for his life? I watched U of M spend ungodly sums of money. And I was the only lawyer that stuck by, by the way, on Bobby's case. Other people got paid and ran away like cowards. I watched them fight like hell to kill this child. I will say Sarah Jones was the most courageous people I know. She fought like hell. And I watched these doctors in this ivory tower tell her how she was being unreasonable. Because she wanted her child to have a chance to live. How screwed up is that? We'll never get over to Bobby Ray's tragedy. We'll never get past that. But in such a pro-choice county, where the prosecutor says we won't prosecute for abortion, that's fine. How the hell are we gonna try to stack the deck against a child that's alive? Help me on that. I don't care if you're pro-life or pro-choice in this issue. What I'm saying is this, and it rings more true today than it did in 2019. That kid had a chance to live. And the powers that be fought like hell to pull him off to protect the medical community. And that is beyond frustrating. It's beyond screwed up. I watched these lawyers, and I dealt with probably 14 on Bobby's case, tried to stack the deck to kill a kid. One of them brags on his website how he won the case. (laughs) You know why. You didn't win, dude. We fought like hell for two weeks. Arizona was going to take the kid. I've been down this road before. But every time we come close to the state, it becomes more frustrating. And as I'm in the middle of over 300 criminal cases right now, and my energy is low, and it's Friday night and I'm still working, I'm pissed off. When I see prosecutors that are fighting like hell with no evidence to convict innocent kids, I now see a prosecutor in Peter Lucido. And Lucido, if you're watching this, film me, bro. Ty Hale got shot. Unarmed. And in 72 hours, an investigation was completed that found the person that killed this 18-year-old child. We're not going to press charges. Now, with the media involved, the prosecutor's office wants to talk. So let me be clear, I'm going to rearrange my schedule to go to this meeting, but if the Macomb County Prosecutor's Office wants to give Tina and her family lip service, that there's nothing we can do, then don't waste our goddamn time. Investigate this tragedy. Talk to the witnesses. Look at the ring cam. Unarmed kid unarmed 18-year-old kid is dead. And we can't bring charges on that, but we'll sure as hell bring charges on bullshit CSC allegations across the state with no evidence, when there's civil litigation that's companioning it. We'll sure as hell have the attorney general bring cases against black women that were beaten by police officers and say they're the defendant, but we're not gonna bring charges against the guy who killed a child with no weapon what the hell is that i'm gonna be real clear mr Lucido, and any of your people that are listening do the right thing by this family get off your ass and do a god investigation and if i'm putting a target on myself guess what i've had u of m go against me i've had I'm a white kid that grew up in the ghetto of Atlantic City. I'm not really friggin' scared of anything. I'm pissed off when I don't see justice happening. Bobby Ray should have had a right to live. And the Hale family has a right to properly grieve Ty's death. And I'm so sick of this bureaucratic bullshit. This is not about money. Both cases I've mentioned, I'm not getting paid a dime we need to step up in this legal community and do the right god thing right now how are you able to make a decision that quickly that ty's killer should get a free pass i got an option for you let's have the quasi defendant do a state polygraph test let's see if he really feared for his life were there fingerprints Of a glass bottle with Ty Hale's fingers on it? Where's this evidence that this man was fighting for his life? Because what are we doing? Are we taking the word? Are we taking the word of a liquor store that was selling to an underage kid? Are we taking the word of somebody trying to cover their ass? What are we doing, guys? It doesn't matter if we're a prosecutor or a defendant. It doesn't matter if we're a plaintiff. Or defense counsel. we have an obligation to uphold the goddamn law. When we don't give one child a chance to live, but we profess to be so pro-choice, what choice did Sarah Jones have? Help me with that. What choice does Ty Hale's family have? But other than to suffer this kid's death, he's got two children. They're not going to know their father. They lost a brother, they lost a son, they lost a father and we made a decision based upon testimonial evidence that there was no wrongdoing. Bullshit. This is not about following the money, it's about following the black letter of the law. The Constitution is our Bible and if we don't follow our Bible, this is what we do. This is what we dedicate our lives to. This is not about the Google hits and the money and the nice homes and the fancy cars. And I'm grateful for everything this profession has given me. But there's something more important than that where we need justice. We need it now. I hope there is peace in Macomb County and I hope this does not spiral into something disgusting. You guys got to do the right thing. You need to investigate this goddamn tragedy. You need to look at the facts. Who was armed? Who wasn't armed? What's on the tape? And then come to a proper decision. Drinking and driving cases take more than three days to investigate. How the hell is an open murder case dismissed like that? I hope politics is not involved but you have to understand where these people stand right now I'm just disgusted this is
0: your cell this is your bunk this is the Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio live from the co Oil and Propane Studios here's attorney Bill Amadeo
1: alright now we're live I am Bill Amadeo from McMaster Amadeo Grable and & Associates, and the Shiawassee 6, and we're here with the live audience, and we're here with uh, Jobu, you don't mess with Serrano, you drink Jobu's warm rum, there's a problem right? Yes. Thank you Scott Grable for the toy. It's be a weird one right? It's been a weird day hasn't it? Yeah. You've heard some weird today haven't you? Guys today has been one of the weirdest days of my career, I have had so many weird encounters with clients things you don't want to do number one you don't when you plead no contest then start making confessions start with that two um you gotta listen to your lawyer and somebody said to me today that i am the hardest worker most brilliant person they know but i also think that i'm a little off they don't know what will be good do you agree with that yeah, yeah I guess that makes sense right so we're talking about the off thing let's about covid when it all started And you were there during COVID. Man, when COVID hit, right, guys? And I gotta do some content. I have to do some content, or Josh Strickland will kick my ass, probably. Um, When COVID started, we didn't know what to do. Um, So I'm living with Jewel and Joe Latarski back in Ipsy. Did you ever come to the Ipsy house? Once. All right. We're in Ipsy, suburbs of Ipsy, and things just got really weird. People didn't know what to think of this whole COVID thing. It was just starting. Let me just say, Shiawassee County was so far ahead of the curve. They were ready with Zoom courts. They had everything prepared. Shiawassee was so much ahead of other counties that have more money. We'll just leave it at that what those counties are. But holy Judge Stewart had this Zoom thing on lock before anybody else did. Nice work. I remember at first, like, hey, I don't want to do Zooms. I want to do live. And now it's like, man, should we do more Zooms? So convenient. But we didn't know how to handle it. And the courts were going to be one problem. Life was going to be another problem. So the first day, got real with COVID. I knew there was a problem. I came to the office, right? And there's nobody here in the office. Like, the whole building is shut down. And there's this one guy. He's a lawyer. And I see him in the bathroom with like a sledgehammer, and he's in the toilet, and he's banging the thing where the toilet paper's held, the dispenser. And I said, what the hell are you doing? He goes, I need toilet paper. And I knew at that point this was going to get really weird. Um, so we had a discussion. I convinced him to put the axe down, and I said, hey, there's, I can give you some money for toilet paper. And he told me that it's out everywhere. And I'm like, Tex and Julie, hey, we got a toilet paper in the house. Maybe this guy was on to something. I don't know. But panic started coming. And COVID screwed stuff up so bad. Besides being this tragedy, a national pandemic. Before COVID, Matt McManus and I were in the gym every day at 6 a.m. We were grinding together. I can't get Matt near a gym now. Every morning at 6 a.m., rain, sleet, snow, we're in the gym together, and we're grinding it out for like an hour, an hour, 10 minutes. I'd shower up, go to court, Matt would come, because you know Matt would go to court, Matt would come back to the office. And then the gym stopped. And I gotta tell you, I am so grateful to Adam's son and 3-in-1 Fitness, because Adam's son has turned my life around. He is the best trainer in the state of Michigan. I believe that. And I only met Adam, because I couldn't go to the gym anymore at Planet Fitness. I just wish Matt would have joined because we were in a good zone together. But then COVID stopped everything. And the gym became secondary. And you're trapped in Ypsilanti, right? We're trapped in the house. And I been to prison. <laughs> but this is what prison felt like to me. Like you couldn't move. You couldn't leave. And then Matt started sneaking to the office. And I'm trying to go to the office too. And Kara was freaked out about COVID. She she's still terrified about COVID, but she would watch like a clip on the news. You're not going to the office, you know? So I'd be working from home. And this isn't good for any marriage. Let me just tell you, because Kara got to see how crazy I really was with these cases. Um, Let me give you an example. During COVID, one of the things that i did was instead of just sending an email i would scream the email and i'm going to tell you a story one day it's me cara joe latarski and matt and we are she made smoothies for us right so we're sitting there drinking smoothies And I'm, like, doing laundry and the dishes. I was going out of my mind, like, I needed something to do, right? And Kara's like, all of a sudden, you became, like, Mr. Clean. I'm like, well, we got to do these dishes. And there was a person that used to work with us, and I was really pissed off. And when I started emailing, I would start screening my emails. You son of a bitch! You didn't finish this report! Now we missed this deadline! And Matt's looking, like, terrified, and poor Latarski, he never saw a side of me, and it was all COVID, like, I'm trapped in the house, so instead of just sending a crazy email, I would start screaming the contents of the email. You've heard a few of these, right? Oh, yeah. This is the worst police report I've ever seen in my life, and here's the thing. You're stuck in the house, right? And <laughs> I had, like, four police reports with me, and all you could do is read these god. ...reports over and over and over again. So like, it was amazing. This must be like what a federal prosecutor feels like with a low caseload. Because you just study these reports and like you're finding like comma splices, you're finding inconsistencies. You got like the dining room tables all mapped out with these four cases. And I'm like going out of my mind, going crazy. And then the jokes start hitting, right? Poor Corona Beer. Like they took a hit. But you're like in these chat rooms on Facebook. You're looking for human interaction where you can. And this is how Facebook Live started. I was going crazy in the house and Matt said, People want to hear you when you go crazy. You should go live. The rest is history. That's how it all started. And I start saying these weird things on Facebook Live and go like, hey, people are really gonna think you're nuts. I'm like, no, nah, dude, they're tuning in. They really like this. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> just, you're trapped in Etsy and you're in these chat rooms on Facebook and you're like screaming at people that why is an 83 tops Wade Boggs not worth more Than a Aaron Judge rookie. And you're getting into these heated arguments. Because we're all going crazy. And you turn the podcast. Podcast became the king of COVID. We were so desperate for entertainment. Like dude. There was nothing on. This was the only time. In the history of modern television. That like the Tiger King. Could be revered. We watched the Tiger King. I'll just. I remember like. Joe's like giving his workers bad food, like expired meat. And the one poor girl, she got her arm locked up, but she's still working for Joe. Then he tried to kill Carol or Carol killed her husband. Dude, what the hell? We were so desperate for entertainment. Do you remember this? Yeah. Did you watch Tiger King? No. Andy grew. I think you're better than me. Oh man. I got the Carl the Barber case. During COVID, Nick Sanderson, I love Nick Sanderson, but he wanted me involved with Carl the barber, so I get involved with Mister Mankey, and um, that was a weird experience. He eventually fired me for Kalman. I was doing the case pro bono, and Kalman got a load of money. And we'll leave it at that. But um, where things went wrong with Carl the barber is one day. Scott Grable gets a call. And the person says, I am one of Carl the Barber's handlers. And we are concerned about this Amadeo guy. We think he's liberal from Ann Arbor. We don't know if he believes in the Shiawassee cause and we need to interview him. Now I'm thinking to myself, I'm interviewing for a pro bono case. Carl the Barber, nothing against him. Okay, I hope things work out for him, but Man, he was arrogant as shit. I never understood it. The guy was a barber in Owasso. Good for him. But he had handlers. Yeah. And the handlers are calling giving you shit. We googled your reviews. You seem to be very liberal. Eh, look, you know the joke, right? I'm too conservative for Ann Arbor. I'm too liberal for Shiawassee. The Carl the Barber experience was fascinating. I just remember... Um, I'll never forget the handler's calling. And Scott Grable is going crazy during COVID. Keeps sending me all these links. We're bored. We're trying to communicate. It was also during COVID that Scott Grable gave me the tip of PTN stock. Thank you for that, Scott. only costs me like 10 grand. It <laughs> was a bad pick. Scott Grable is a much better criminal lawyer than stock procrastinator. You learn to file all sorts of weird motions because during COVID, all I would do is read. And like you're filing stuff that nobody knew what was going on. You were pissing prosecutors off. remember this one prosecutor said to me, you're filing motions right now? Everybody's like trapped in the house and there's like this e-file option. I was filing stuff. I had to do something. Like somebody like me being stuck in the house i had to work man it was bad then there was that one time the live audience picked up money for us remember that i do okay we had a cash paying client and the live audience brings home this money for us and it's in a plastic bag right Kara grabs the plastic bag she dumps the money in the kitchen, um, I'm sorry, in the bathroom sink, and she washes the money. And this brought back weird memories. My poor mother, may she rest in peace, Mom used to wash her money all the time. So when she gave you a couple bucks to go get something to eat, it was always wet. <laughs> People were really annoyed. And here's Jewel, like, washing the cash that Drew picked up from the phone. <laughs> and... <laughs> to me it really I always had a lot of confidence but man people were freaking out about not getting to their hair stylist it was finally a time when the bald man ruled I could understand it like, like Matt's bitching I can't get my hair cut Like I don't see the problem <laughs> the call of the day but man these people with the hair you remember that? yeah Oh, I didn't quite understand the washing of groceries <laughs> it. Oh So one day, I had a case. It was a driving while suspended causing death. And it was an accident, but the person didn't have a driver's license. And I successfully argued legal impossibility because secretary of state was closed and during the time of the accident it was impossible for them to get their driver's license weird stuff just kept happening learn about instacart we used to have like three orders a day And like Kara would say, hey, do you want plums? They're like $5 a plum right now, they're on sale. I'm like, what the hell is going on with the plums? Corporate America gouge people. One of my happiest moments during COVID is when Judge Stewart's chambers called. And I said, hey, Bill, is it possible you can make it for a live hearing today? Let me tell you something. I showered and shaved so quick. I was so excited to drive the 90 minutes to Shiawassee. I was getting out of the house. I had an excuse. If the cops stopped me, I was ordered to come in from the judge. Thank you, judge. That was so great. It was like a furlough for the day. I was never so happy to be in live court in my life. Oh my God, it was brutal. They didn't stop horse racing though. Those poor degenerates <laughs> would have lost their mind if they couldn't gamble. <laughs> ah <laughs> oh, man one of the weird things about where we lived in ipsy was um, i would go for like six walks a day i'd be out of my mind and like neighbors would be looking at you like you know they're gonna call the cops because this little bitch is walking around the neighborhood then you learned when other people you didn't like were also walking you could just <coughs> a fake cough and they leave you the hell alone they were terrified oh man if that fake cough were today imagine what people can kick out of the office on that one right oh my god at the end of the day though and i tip my hat to the shiawassee courts we learn to survive as a court we learn to survive as a team there's still a backload of cases but The way Chi-Town was prepared for COVID was a blueprint for what the state of Michigan did. We're still behind the times as a whole in the state, but Shiawassee was ahead of the curve, man. If they did not have such forward thinking, the courts just want to shut down. Do you know if every case on a normal docket went to trial, the court couldn't handle it? Imagine with the backlog, and things were weird, like I'd be getting calls for cases during COVID. What a great time to be a property criminal, huh? Hey, I got a warrant out for somebody with a burglary that put the job like, don't bring them in here. <laughs> no, it was, it was something else. The end of the day, um, we did come together, and I guess we're not out of this pandemic yet, or you don't even think a pandemic exists, do you? But you had COVID, it's weird remember sending you money in the hotel when you had COVID. <laughs> when a friend of ours had COVID, they were stuck in a hotel. We were in freak out mode. We were sending groceries and money. We got to get him. This, the live audience, such a vital part of our team. We could not have that. I'd love you to move in. You know? Knock on wood. The Tarski lived with us. Why not you? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. All right, well guys, there are so many cool COVID stories I will tell, but let me just say, we were out of our mind, watching Lion, Tiger King, Carla Barber's handlers were calling me, Judge Stewart called I was excited to get out of the house, neighbors were reporting you to the police for walking around, you could fake a cough and get away from somebody who was annoying. It was a time we'll never forget.
0: The Jail Visit with attorney Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo. Connect with McManus and Amadeo at McManusAmadeo.com or call 800-392-7311. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio. Uh,
1: Mike P. Let me tell you about the day because Mike made a comment. What was it like in Ogama? Well, let's start with this. There's nothing quite as fun as being an Italian with a Jersey accent and an Ann Arbor address and a broken wall going into Ogama. You fit right in, Mike. I mean, I definitely fit in up north very well. Uh, Great result for the client. Weird looks. Then Oakland County. You know, I'll tell you, Oakland's always fascinating. I've actually, I, I like Oakland in some ways, but some of the local lawyers, not all of them, but they just look at you with such animosity when you walk into their courtroom. And, I don't know, I kind of enjoy that. We'll get into that more with the whole Jersey drama later. So it was an interesting day. Um, I don't know, this D black sh- let's talk about it, let's break it down d black is stirring stuff up about mayor ken and i'm told that tom Menke has an issue with mayor ken and why what's up gary cloud what's the deal the mayor ken election here's a guy who's improved iran he's helped the economy he's a lifelong resident of shiawassee he's a good family man why are we against mayor ken Because Brian Boggs says no, or Greg Bodeur says no. Let's explain something, guys. The commissioner, Brodor, Greg, whatever, he said that the Shiawassee economic base was in jeopardy. Brodor said this. Brian Boggs played a role in this. We know about the COVID fiasco. We know about the sexual harassment suits. Here's Mayor Ken with no dirt on him. Mayor Ken has kicked ass in Durand. He's a good guy. I want to make sure that Dylan comes out. I mean, you know, I put on my finest clothes for this one. So here's Mayor Ken who's doing all this good stuff and he's getting bashed in the media. I always said the Board of Commissioners could learn from our circuit court out there. Things would be somewhat smoother. With all the drama going on, I hear Tom Manky is behind it. So I sent Tom Manke a message today, and I'll post this message. I said point blank, Tom, I understand a lot of drama. I would invite you and me to have a live feed over Mayor Ken and anything Shiawasa you care to discuss. It's my understanding you have issues with me. I'll be more than happy to meet with you in a public or private forum to discuss it. So, let's be clear. Before Tom Mankey says I'm threatening him or anything it was a polite email tom if you got an issue with me we can talk about it man to man the reality is this i hope that you want what's best for shiawassee i know i do and what's best for shiawassee is for mayor kennedy win that election you know that and i know that let's quit the bullshit, man there's not one bad thing about mayor ken there's not one thing that's an attribute to this community what is your problem and d black I don't know if D. Black's Tom Menke. I don't know if D. Black's Shermie Root. I don't know if D. Black's Brian Brickle. I don't know. And you know why I don't know for sure? Because D. Black does not have enough courage to actually have a real profile. I said this before. I'll say it again. D. I'll give you $2,500 cash. If you reveal who you are, show me the IP address and we meet in public. This is bull- These elections are chaotic. The Board of Commissioners has been an utter disgrace other than Marlene Webster. Look what they did with the lawyer funding. Look what they did with the COVID money. Look at the economic situation they've put your community in. How can you not want to change? Look what Mayor Ken did in Durand. And look what the Jeremy Roots and Cindy Garbers of the world have done with your board. It's not rocket science, right? Oh my God. You know I mean, instead of talking about people, why are we not working as a team to fix the economy out there? Good God. Really frustrating. Mayor Ken, you got my support. That means money, that means publicity, whatever you need on my end. I'm sorry you're getting bashed, but you know, whenever there's a good politician, you're going to deal with a lot of s Jermaine Ruffin once said to me, he's a great guy out of Lansing who's a big person in the community. Politics is a full contact sport. And, um, yeah. there's no reason for D-Black to be hiding. There's no reason for Tom Menke and I to discuss things. Let's do a whole thing. We'll go, Tom Menke, Josh Champlain. I'll be there. We'll bring all these powers that be together. Let's just shoot the sh- I'm down. What is a full contact sport is football, if you guys know the Zach Wilson stuff, Jesus. So let me get this straight. Zach Wilson. My only problem with Zach Wilson is that he cost me money when I was gambling last year. He should have been a number two pick in the draft. But his ex-girlfriend is blasting him on Instagram about that he was having sex in college. I never understood the whole BYU code there. So let me get this straight. Young people in a college setting should not have sex. That's against the Mormon tradition. Okay. I'm going to walk away from that for a minute. But the fact that his best friend's with his ex-girlfriend and their post on Instagram, guys, let's grow up. My biggest problem with Zach Wilson's is his ability to read a defense. I don't care if he's hooked up with his mom's best friend or whatever. That really... Jesus. Rooting for you, Zach. Um... Instead of being on Instagram now, I hope you're doing some suicides and studying some game film. You cost me some money last year, so I'm not a big fan of the Jets at the moment. Let's talk about judicial elections. And then we're we'll going to talk about growing up Jersey. When I talk about growing up Jersey, we're going to talk about socialization. My God, what a mind f- that was, huh? These judicial elections are taking some heated turns. A couple people I just want to give shout outs to. My friend, Ravi Guru Murphy is up for declared circuit court position. It will be an appointment by Governor Whitmer. Ravi has done prosecutorial work. He's done defense work. He's done divorce work. He's done civil litigation. He's one of the most well-rounded lawyers I know. He'd be an asset to that bench. Root for you, Ravi. 14A, the drama continues. Why is there so much drama in Washington elections? I mean, we've seen that the best people don't always win. We've seen that, right, recently? Let's not two people who are the best. Torchio Feaster needs to win that 14A election. Here's why. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The district court is the closest court we have to our community. Young kids in Ipsy need to look up to somebody on that bench. The way they look up to a Judge Simpson. We look up to a judge washington We look up to a judge fresh hour the district court is so critical we have some amazing jurors on that court if the wrong person gets into that position it's going to hurt young people in the washington community torchio feaster is far and away the best option because he just gets it he went to emu he moved back to washington his wife took the job That's why he came back to Washington. He didn't come back to win an election. He came back for a family decision and we all reap the benefits of that. He's done an amazing job as a public defender. He cares about our community. He's connected to our community. We gotta get behind Torchio. He's gotta make it in the top two in this primary that he's gotta pull the whole thing off. If he doesn't, I promise you this, the district court will be set back. And people will say, well, he's a public defender. You're a defense lawyer. Listen. There's a reason my name is not on the ballot, right? Because I'm too pro-defense. We all know this. I guarantee you five years from now, I will not be on the circuit court. I will not be on the district court. I'll probably be doing criminal defense work. Found my niche. Torchio, on the other hand, is somebody who is more objective than me, more mature than me. He's somebody I want on the bench. You don't want somebody on the bench because they're your friend. You want somebody on the bench that's going to have a strong knowledge of the law. You want somebody who's going to be objective. You want somebody who's going to protect the community. Every judge I've ever supported. Every judge I've ever supported. They've never given me something I didn't deserve because we were friends. You don't want that in a judge. You want somebody with the balls to make the right decisions. And sometimes that may be going against me. That's okay. We want the community to be protected. And torture will do that. Mike... Did a great mm-hmm. job in Flint. He's the right guy for the job. And Mike, hit me up about the whole donation thing I saw online, because I definitely got your back. I love what you're doing out there. And thank you for keeping it real. I missed all this bullshit. <laughs> Savage News Media has been keeping it real since I've been involved on Facebook. Since I've known about it on Facebook. So thank you, Mike. Mike's a good friend. Good guy. Circuit Court. Gotta go and Slay. Slay has such amazing knowledge of our criminal justice system she was the perfect candidate she's the most qualified candidate in our county Slay just gets it and Slay and I have banged heads on many cases the many times Slay did not give me what I wanted for a client but she always follows the law so when people again say well you want Slay on the bench because she's your friend she is my friend she should have won the prosecutorial election. I think we see what happens when the best person doesn't win there. You know. I want to leave that alone for now. Stay tuned on that one. With that being stated, Ariane Slay and her family, they are what Washtenaw County is supposed to exemplify. They're just good people. They care about this community. She is the perfect candidate. So Slay in circuit court, Torch in district court, Ravi, I hope you get that spot, man. Ravi be great in Clare County. All right, let's break down the South Jersey stuff. People want to talk about it. I was thinking about my youth, right? People say you're very different. I guess. I don't know. It seems like, as my career has grown, there's been a lot of different haters out there. As Mike was told about earlier, I gotta tell you, I really do get energized walking into a court where defense lawyers hate me. You know, it's like you're invading their space. These guys are so f***ing territorial, man, sometimes. You know, there's enough criminal allegations to go around for all of us to make a lot of money. We'll be okay. If you come to Ann Arbor, I'll shake your hand and show you where to stand. If I come to Oakland you got a problem just get out of my way and a lot of that attitude that I'm displaying comes from South Jersey now it may shock you guys because I seem really confident today and got this arrogant thing going on but being like an intellectual in the ghetto in the 90s in Atlantic City was not really a great thing to be shocker right Yeah, it was really different to read a Langston Hughes book and your mock trial prep when other people were dealing drugs. Let's break that down. Because what we learn is that cool changes throughout the ages, right? In St. James, we'll start there. We'll start at the beginning. Grammar school. Ugh. The teachers at St. James kind of set, like, this caste system up. And the chaos system was going to determine who was going to be good with the girls, who was going to be the future stars, who was most likely to succeed. got to tell you, those projections were a little off. But in St. James, cool was defined as somebody who whose family gave money to the church? Or somebody who kissed the right ass? Somebody who was Miss McDevitt's favorite. And it was confusing, because being a white kid from Atlantic City going to St. James, we took buses to get there, right? And St. James was mostly Vetner kids. There was a flair of Atlantic City, but there was a line demarcation, right? The Atlantic City kids were not treated with the same respect that the Vetner kids were treated with. We were kind of outsiders, and John Paxson could attest to that. John Paxson is a friend of mine who is a professor at Rutgers and John could tell you some horror stories. John and I don't always see eye to eye on things, but we shared Atlantic City commonality. Um, Scott but I can't wait to destroy you at pickleball because I eat too much red meat. We'll see. St. James had this whole tone for what was cool and then that changed in high school, right? So what you thought was cool in high school sorry grammar school it got altered It got compromised in high school let me tell you about high school here we go for people that tune in atlantic city high right brigantine atlantic city to the left vetner and margate to the right now being a white kid in ducktown in the 90s was quite a treat a friend of mine recently sent me a text saying how great high school was and i'm thinking to myself were we in the same place together? So in Atlantic City, being poor and white, um, you had some obstacles to overcome. The girls you like were often from Ventnor and Margate. And a lot of those girls liked the Atlantic City kids. They would come and hook up with the black and Spanish kids in my neighborhood behind mommy and daddy's back. So now you weren't cool enough to be... One of the black or Spanish kids. And then in Margate, you weren't wealthy enough to be with the Jewish kids from Margate. Boy, those Margate kids were f***ing ass. Doc Grable. I know you're ten years ahead of me, but my God. Margate had like this flare of arrogance. And quite often it was arrogance with nothing to substantiate it. And the Vettner kids just wanted to be with the Margate kids. So now, cool, being a ladies' man, you saw... Athletes get the girls. You saw drug dealers get the girls. You saw little rich boys with trust funds get the girls. I didn't really fit in any of those categories at all. So Atlantic City, you had like this mindset of what was going on. And then that changed. College. Atlantic Community College. Ugh. I went to ACC because I had this dream of playing professional baseball. And I kind of thought playing travel ball in New Jersey was going to get me there. Oops. Grades are really good, thankfully. At ACC, the cool kids were quite often the college kids that dropped out. Like a kid went to Rutgers and they came back in. They'd get like ammunition out of going to Rutgers. Oh, I went to Rutgers for a term. Or drug dealers um there's a lot of casino workers dealing drugs that were on financial aid on the side girls love them it was an older crew Atlanta community college in the 90s was interesting very grateful i met joe messick but you had a lot of bitter professors there like bitter people oh. <laughs> thank you scott grateful. but it was weird and at this point of the game I also have a Tropicana influence coming. I'm bartending at Tropicana. I started bar portering at 18. I started bartending at 19. So now I start dating older cocktail waitresses. And it was a very different flair than your normal college experience. Then I took this into Rock- um, Stockton. When I transferred from ACC to Stockton, and at this point, Scott, many of the Margate AS were really nobody's just so you keeping track at home at Stockton it was all these frats i mean listen people were having sex at these frat parties i mean they weren't suing for millions of dollars um years after and getting prosecuted wrongfully but they were hooking up and i kind of thought you get that one i kind of thought um basically I didn't understand this whole frat thing. I remember going to this one frat party. And they had one of those paddles. And they were beating someone's ass. And I'm at this party. And they're looking at me. And they say, so, are you going to bend over let me hit you? What the f*** is wrong with you? No, you're not going to touch me. I told this guy. He was like, juice, stop, right? He goes, well, if we don't hit you, you're not going to be able to join this frat. Okay, listen, dude. You may be able to kick my ass. That's fine. I've run from a fight in my life. Um, if you hit me with your fist or with this god battle, we're going. We're going to war. You're not going to touch me to join this frat. Meanwhile, I'm like 20 years old with a 32-year-old girlfriend. I'm looking at things very differently. Um, with that being stated, spoiler alert, I never joined the frat. But in college, it was about these frat guys. It was the fraternities were such a big deal. I didn't fit into that. Now, one of the things in college was the band scene. The girls loved the musicians. That was a thing. Um, Different musicians I knew back home. Danny Soriano, great musician. Jeff Cornell, great musician. Um, Bugsy was a great band in Jersey. They had that song Pizza in 1998 that blew up. Fuzzy Bunny Slippers. And these guys really had their little groupies. I was in the band briefly. We sucked. So, you know, the only girls I ever got from the band was, um, you know, the ones that felt a little pity for you. Oh, you weren't as good as the other guys. So the music scene didn't work out. But the music scene then, we went from... The frat guys to the band scene, then there were the intellectuals. The great thing about the intellectuals I always loved was um you know, I'd be in class with these people, but I will tell you, this will sound horrible, but the more intelligent these people were, the less attractive they were. It felt really good as being smarter than the ugly guy, because I mean, and they were arrogant well i could break down shakespeare too a lot of frustration but they had their own little clicks, and some of the girls in college would love the intellectual guys but then i used to wonder like you can't possibly be enjoying this right i mean this is just not an attractive guy there's this one guy his initials were mm not matt mcmanus because he's cool but this other mm one of the most brilliant guy very arrogant but i mean this guy's face could stop a grandfather clock it was not a good looking man and he got good looking girls in school because he would like talk poetry and intellectual shit. but i mean you know brains are important but my god it has gotta be some physical attraction right and it was weird those clicks union changed a lot of things there's such a thing as union groupies I know. Hard to believe, right? When I was running for office with the union, there were these women that looked up to, like, these business agents and these local politicians. It was weird, because now it was, like, these guys were, like, not attractive, but they screamed a lot. And they had their little groupings. And you start learning that the whole f***ing world's about clicks. That's all it is. And at Tropicana i'm finally like okay i'm gonna get into law school and i'm gonna get the hell out of atlantic city and blah 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 and you know i had success with the opposite sex and all that but i was never like in the right click back in jersey and then one day well you know you know the rest of the story kind of made my own scene and that was that and you know and scott grable listen man I know it sucks. There's, there's assholes in Margate. I got more money and I'm better looking at the end of the day. It's okay, man. Don't worry about it. Because even though you're from Margate, you're okay. You made the cut. I mean, I understand that you have to protect these people because you actually had good memories with them. But look, bro, they were ass. So I hope you're getting this all down. I hope you report that to the Chamber of Commerce. South Jersey, man. It was like this freaking ferris wheel of emotions i'm happy to say that through all the failures growing up it's easy to laugh at these people today i mean i'm enjoying that why is my facebook profile public because i want them to see my success and be pissed off about it i told that to people before god bless michigan because all my weird dysfunction was so embraced by you guys finally I was the cool one and then when I went back to Jersey had this Michigan weird flair to it so you got the Jersey accent the six or nine number you're confused with everybody everybody's drawing into you because they're freaking confused Josh Strickland I hope you enjoyed this content D black thinking of
0: you buddy all right I'm Bill Amadeo. later